Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our Advent series, God With Us. Here's Pastor Geshom bringing God's word to us. Hi Church, it's such a joy and an honor to be bringing God's word with you. Even as we started this new series called God With Us, we continue on to the second part of the series. Last week we saw that when God is with us, He will lead us. And I don't know how many of you actually uh, sensed the intensity of that because oftentimes we don't allow Him to lead us. And so even as we heard last week that He will lead us away from evil. I strongly believe that when God is residing in us, when we allow Him to be uh, in every area of our life, He will lead us away from evil. And also He leads us to His will and plan and purposes in our life. And so even today, as we go into the second part of the series, we're going to see God is with us to love us. And you might be thinking, okay, love us, we already know that He loves us. Uh, or you probably have an understanding of what love is. But uh, oftentimes, uh, the word love, especially today in 2020, is more or less uh, used by everyone and anyone. Love is probably most the uh, most common word used to emphasize what you really like about something or what you really like about uh, something that you have, something that you want. But here we are talking about a God who chooses to say that he loves us, he wants to be with us. And uh, sometimes we have to let go of all that we've learned. Uh, honestly, for me, uh, this uh, preparing the sermon has been so uh, heart revealing. In fact, it feels like as if a surgeon is actually just really poking into the um, innermost parts of my heart to actually reveal certain things. And even as I was preparing this, I could sense there were so many stages and so many areas in my life where I've actually sensed God's love. But because of my preconceived ideas of what this world has told me, what this love is, it kind of like has blinded it. It's kind of uh, not allowed me to see God in his fullest form. So today, even as we see that God is with us to love us, we are going to see first how we have to get rid of all of those uh, filters that we have of love. Oftentimes, when we are single, when we, uh, you know, when we're in college, the friends mean the world to us. And, you know, we can't be without our friends. And so eventually we end up saying we love our friends a lot. We just don't like them. We love them. You know, even with all the quirks, even with us getting snubbed and us getting, you know, uh, and them saying bad things about us, we still love them because we love the fact that we are in certain company. We have certain company with them. We move on for uh, some of us who've, you know, uh, have been in the path of dating and courtship. We love one particular person specifically because we feel there's something uh, that attracts us to them, something that we have a future in them, something that we think that, you know, this is what we want to live with the rest of our lives. And so we want that intimate relationship. Fast forward, you get married. You need to have love in your marriage. For your marriage to thrive and flourish, you need to have love. And oftentimes, if you notice, it all progresses. There's a progressive way of looking at it where, you know, this love just doesn't just grow off all of a sudden. You feel you have to intentionally uh, cultivate. You need to intentionally water it. You need to intentionally care for it. This, for those of us who are parents, you can realize, you know, uh, me for one, I'm uh, a person who loved my kids a lot. When they were babies, you know, my wife keeps saying you loved, you cuddled them, you carried them a lot when they were babies. But the minute they started talking and, you know, wanting to know more about 
what life is and your heart is and everything you kind of like step back you um, you you're not able to and it's not that i don't love them i love them is this that sometimes i just don't have the answers for that and when uh, we and i know and as i was preparing this i realized that this is the reality our love is so limiting this a lot of conditions over a period of time you soon realize that you want people who really are in the same framework of your mind like you know who think what you do who have the same values who you know want certain things what you would like and today i would want us to understand that everything is limiting with regard to our love here for some of us our love extends into food you know if we eat good food we feel we are loved for some of us if we uh, go shopping we feel like if, okay if you've shopped enough we feel like we are loved we've replaced this understanding of being loved you know with so many other things that's around the world and i don't blame it blame us because uh, the world also has realized that that's one of the best way to market something that we need and which we can't live without but today i want to introduce you to a person who came down to earth so that he can love us no matter who we are god loved us so much in genesis when he created us he created you know i i keep thinking he poured everything out to create us all he wanted was was this relationship when god created us he gave us the gift of choice to choose what we love no one else has that with god creating us he wanted us to have that communication back so this christmas even though we've titled it as god with us we need to understand we need to have his love his love so that we'll have that relationship for a lot of us christmas is about the trees the cookies and everything else apart from jesus but today i want to highlight that we need jesus so that we can feel loved so that we'll be complete so that we'll really understand what it is to have god with us last week we saw that uh, god is with us to lead us from the book of matthew today we're going to see god is with us to love us from the book of mark and even as we step into the book of mark mark just to give you an introduction is john mark he's a uh, he's in fact uh, a later disciple of peter and paul on their journey across in the uh, new testament we read in the book of acts and you'll notice that john mark actually has taken uh, eyewitness encounters to actually fill in this book and so it's interesting how an author pens it down he doesn't wait for details you know he doesn't uh, he's not so detailed like matthew where he starts with the genealogy you know it's a typical tax collector he wants to make sure you know his balances and his ledger matches whereas in mark you see he's all about focused only on jesus he wants to tell people who jesus really was and so he starts off this chapter by saying you know jesus came down to fulfill and he is the messiah and it's a direct comparison to what the prophet isaiah speaks in isaiah chapter 40 a lot of scholars believe that uh, isaiah in fact from isaiah 40 onwards till the end isaiah 66 is a direct comparison of the new testament that is being revealed later on god had actually prophesied to him earlier on and so today even as we dwell we're going to cross reference a lot between isaiah 40 and mark and i would love for you to journey along and see that even as we understand god is with us what is his love like the first thing we're going to see is his love is compassionate we're going to read from isaiah chapter 40 verses um 1 to 3 and it goes on to say i'm reading from the passion translation it says this your god says to you comfort comfort my people 
with gentle, compassionate words. Speak tenderly from the heart to revive those in Jerusalem and proclaim that their warfare is over. Her debt of sin is paid for and she will not be treated as guilty. Prophesy to her that she has received from the hand of Yahweh twice as many as blessings as all her sins. Isaiah starts off by foretelling that Jerusalem is going to get her redeemer. Yahweh is sending the redeemer. And I love how it says here in verse 1, it says, Comfort, comfort my people with gentle, compassionate words. So today you're probably thinking, okay, his love is compassionate. I mean, um, all of us have compassion. So what is it that you're actually trying to say? And when when I look deeper into it, I realize that, you know, the word compassion uh, is always uh, toward, our compassion towards something is just so one-sided. In the sense, um, if it's me, I might be compassionate towards probably those who are blind. I probably have a real heart uh, for those who are blind. And so everything that I do and channel around will be to cater around that. If my wife had to be there, she might be compassionate to, you know, uh, uh, victims of trafficking. Or for someone else, it could be, you know, they are compassionate towards those who don't have even a meal to eat in a day. We all are compassionate towards something. And I think that's something which God kind of like allowed in our spirits and in our hearts to be there so that we will be human, we will be different. But we won't be compassionate about everything and everyone. That comes down only to God. And when God came down, he was compassionate over everyone and anyone who crossed his path. So today you might be thinking, you know what? God doesn't want someone like me. You might say, you know, I've committed a sin or I've committed, I'm like this in private. Or, you know, I have this baggage or I've been labeled this way or I'm calling myself this. Jesus is compassionate. He's compassionate to everyone and anyone. In fact, when you read through the book of Mark, you'll see encounter after encounter, nothing derailed him from his purpose and plan what he had on earth for. He came to save the world. He came to save everyone. And that includes you and me. And so today, if you're watching and you've labeled yourself or you're calling yourself something which the world has put on you or what people have put on you, or sometimes even what you think this is what defines you, Remember, Jesus has called you by name. And he says, you know what? No sin, no, uh, nothing that you've done is too big. And I'm going to read from Romans. And it says beautifully in Romans 5 verse 6 to 8, it says, For when the time was right, the anointed one whose Jesus came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of you would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. You know, that compassion that God has is for us to be fully restored. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. He sent his son and when God sent his son, he came down. He didn't come down to judge. In fact, it beautifully says, Jesus repeatedly tells, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. Sick, not physically. And I feel strongly that today, the church, uh, which God wants to heal, God wants to heal the spirit of the church. God wants to heal the soul of the church. Because let's face it, the last eight, nine months, what we faced has you know, caused a lot of scars on our spirit man. It's caused a lot of scars in our soul. And oftentimes we doubt if really God is with us. And so today I want to 
tell you that God is with us. He is compassionate. His love is compassionate. You can try debating about it, but he says, you know what? I really love you. And we're going to look into Mark chapter 1, what happens. And there's this beautiful comparison which Isaiah draws and which uh, Mark draws. I'm going to read first from Isaiah and then I'm going to read from Mark. And so it goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5, I'm reading from NIV. It says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Goes on to say verse 9 and 11. You who bring good news to Zion, go up to a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Verse 10. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accomplishes him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Mark goes on to emphasize about Jesus walking down and getting baptized by John the Baptist. And I love this passage. And I've uh, gotten to love this passage because of something that happens here. And, and I think that... The, that's one area of my brokenness in my own life where I actually have, uh, after reading this, have realized that, you know, um, Jesus loves us. And I, I love the word which, uh, the translation which uses it, it says it cherishes us. And so I'm going to read from Mark chapter 1 verse 9 to 12. It goes on to say, one day Jesus came from the Galilean village of Nazareth and had John immerse him in the Jordan River. The moment Jesus rose up out of the water, John saw the heavenly realm split open. And the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and rested upon him. At the same time, a voice spoke from heaven saying, You are my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. How beautiful is that? Where father who's sitting in heaven looks at his son and says, You are my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. Even as I was uh, talking about this to Tina and we were uh, just uh, discussing and we were uh, telling each other like look at how uh, God's love is and how he says as a father he says you are my cherished one I take delight even before the work began this is an indicative of you know as Isaiah said he's going to come in like this he's going to make level every path he's going to be like the shepherd who tends to his uh, young so gently God wants us and I think this is an attribute where God actually, you know, when, when it says here the heavens split open, a lot of commentaries say that it was literally like tearing open of the heavens where God wanted to shout it out and say, you know what, I cherish you. I take delight in you. And you might be wondering, okay, you said it's really personal. And I want to just tell you an example. In fact, uh, something that's happened in my life. And so um, I uh, moved uh, during my uh, half year of my schooling from, uh, I was born, brought up in Dubai and I moved to Kwam to, to study. And uh, as I was there, I grew up with a lot of emotions thinking I was probably unwanted or I was probably, you know what, uh, the, I was alone, you know, loneliness kind of gripped me. And, you know, when loneliness grips you, you kind of like go through this emotion of, you know, like, are you really valued in this world? What is it that you really need? What is it that you really want? There's no one to affirm you. There's nothing to happen. And then as 
I started understanding who Jesus was. As I understood who God was, I slowly started understanding that these words that he, his word says that he loves us, he cherishes us through different people. Time and again, they've spoken over my life when I was there. And that kind of like God gave me some form of a coping mechanism. I, st- I, I, I often tell you that, you know, one of my coping mechanisms for loneliness is to listening to worship songs. And uh, this last week I was traveling again and I was again in this room and um, I couldn't sleep. I barely had sleep the first night and all I could do just allow my playlist to continue playing. I just needed to hear um, God's uh, words through songs fill my spirit. You know, at that time, it's not about what I'm feeling physically. It's all about my spirit. And so today, probably in your spirit, you feel, you know what? There's no one in this world for me. You feel alone. You probably feel like you're in this long road journey just all by yourself. Or probably you're thinking like, you know what, God, 2020 was supposed to be good, but it's so, so bad. And I wish I had someone. God is going to be there for you. Or probably your life circumstances, probably your, you know, you've been separated from your spouse. Or probably your, uh, you've grown up alone, like, you know, without someone who really cared for you. Jesus can fill that void. In fact, he will speak over you to say, you are my cherished one. I take delight in you. Don't let the world dictate that. He says he cherishes you. And look at the beauty of it. You don't have to do anything to get that delight from him. You don't have to do anything to actually say that. I mean, for him to say he cherishes you. He created you. So he cherishes and delights in you. You know, oftentimes the struggle as a parent, you know, with your children is you kind of, you don't want to say it. But oftentimes as a parent in your frustration, you say, you know, I uh, only if you do this, I'll do this. It's very conditional. But Jesus, when he wants to love you, has no conditions. He just wants to love you. It's whether you're willing to accept it. Yes, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, he'll constantly keep loving you. He will love you as long as you're willing, as long as your spirit is willing, as long as you're in the right place doing what he has called you to do. You will really feel and sense that he cherishes you and he delights in you. And in this world, let me tell you, we constantly need that affirmation from God. We don't need it from anyone else. We need it from God because we are going to be in tough roads. We are going to be, life's not going to be easy. It's going to have those bends. And in everything, with people around, with friends around, with families around, we still need a God who tells us that he cherishes and delights in us. Reading from 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it goes on to say, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us, that he has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Continuing on from 1 John 4 verse 8 to 10, it goes on to say, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his love to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sin. And I want to encourage you, church, today that this love that we are seeing, which has been talked about in First John, 
happens only when Jesus is within us. When Jesus is within us and when we've accepted his love, when our hearts, when our spirit and our soul are in alignment with this love, can we pour it out to others? And I want to tell you today, you cannot look at it from others around. You have to only look. The source has to be only God and only has to be Jesus. When Jesus came into this world, it was a love that he had for you and me. Christmas is all about that. And he wants us to know that his love is compassionate. Don't push yourselves far away from him, but in fact, draw closer to him. He's waiting. Jesus is always ready and willing and waiting and wanting us to come towards him. Don't let any of those labels or anything that you've set yourself or you're saying, this is who I am. No, he's willing to look past everything and say, you know what? I cherish and delight in you. And he wants you to know that you are important to him. And even as we uh, have seen the first part of it, where his love is compassionate, we're going to see the second part where his love is restorative. He's about always restoring us. He doesn't want us to, you know, be in the same state as how he found us. He wants us to move us from point A to point B. And the more we think about this, you'll soon realize that uh, God starts not just working uh, physically. You know, most of the time, even if you look at Mark, the entirety of it, you see that God goes about, you know, through Galilee and then he goes on to Jerusalem. Miracles followed. What the eyes could see, you know, what the ears could hear. Those miracles were happening. You know, the lame were walking. The deaf were able to hear again. You know, the dumb were able to talk. You know, the people who were possessed with different spirits were set free. You know, the, the dead were raised. All these are miracles and signs that happened because Jesus was there. And oftentimes, uh, you know, we only look to God or only we only, you know, call on the name of Jesus for that. When we go through the book of Mark, we see that Jesus was all about restoring people. And many a times he was restoring people in the physical sense you know, of all their ailments, of everything that had held them bondage. But actually, when you look at Jesus, when he came to uh, his main purpose to come into the world was to restore us back to God. And let's face it, we are living in this temporary world. This is not a permanent uh, you know, place where you're going to reside. Oftentimes we think like that. We the time and the effort and the uh, and all the planning that goes towards is as if you're going to be here permanent. This is a temporary place where we're going to be staying for a time, but we're going to spend eternity with him. And God wants us to be restored to him so that we can spend eternity with him. In fact, when you look through the entire uh, Old Testament and the New Testament, you see that these prophecies were foretold back when Isaiah told them. They were all under different uh, reigns. They were, you know, uh, the Persians, you know, the, the Assyrians and everyone came, Babylonians, they all came one after the other and they invaded them. And there was a prophecy saying that there was a Redeemer who's coming. And the Redeemer that they were longing for, well, they thought this person would come and redeem them and restore them back to their former glory of their nation Israel. But little did they know that Jesus, who is the Messiah who came, was wanting to restore mankind back to God. He wanted that. And so that's why uh, when the Israelites were thinking, okay, he'll come, he'll, he'll, his, his entire legion of armies will come and they'll just, you know, change everything around. They'll be set free from the Roman captivity. They were mistaken. They didn't understand. 
And so when Jesus is here restoring people in terms of their sickness, setting them free from their bondages, he was a pre, these were all preludes to what he was actually wanting to restore them when he died on the cross. When he died on the cross, that act gave us access into the Holy of Holies, where we can just call on the name of God, where we can have salvation through the name of Jesus. And I want to continue on reading from Isaiah chapter 40 and goes on to say verse 28 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jesus wants to restore our spirit. Jesus wants to restore our soul. And Jesus wants to restore our body. That encounter we have with Jesus, if we truly say we've had an encounter with Jesus, you'll soon realize that we will not be the same. It's like this. If this is Jesus, if it's a tunnel and you're passing through, the minute you go out, you, you're not going to come out the same. Something is going to change. When Moses met with God, it says his face was radiant and glorious. When the people who were described in Mark met with Jesus, they were changed. They started testifying. They started telling that this is the son of David. This is the Messiah. That is what should happen to us. When we have this encounter, as we read, you know, when we have he... Uh, with Jesus coming in, he will change our stance. Everything that we think that we are plagued by, he will set us free. Uh, uh, as it goes on to say, uh, many were healed. And so you might be wondering, you know what? Oftentimes, we only look to Jesus for our healing. We call on him, you know, when we are unable to bear, when the medication that we take doesn't work, or when we've tried our own uh, tonic of homemade remedy doesn't work, we call on the name of Jesus. But are we calling on the name of Jesus to set our spirit right? Today, this December 2020, are we willing to allow God to restore our spirit? Are we willing God to actually search our soul and restore our soul? Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, uh, verses 9 to 10, it says, But he answered me, My grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weakness for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. So today, physically, sometimes a lot of us feel weak. You know, um, Growing up, I had this uh, skin ailment uh, called psoriasis and it's still there. It flares up. It's, uh, it's very seasonal. Um, my wife tells me that if I'm anxious, it kind of flares up. Uh, I've noticed that, you know, uh, early on, it, it used to be uh, something that I was really, you know, so um, uh, caught up by. I was like, you know what, God, uh, people look at me different. They, they will struggle to give a handshake to me because of the fact that it's right here on my first finger. That was something I struggled with. You know, I couldn't just talk to people. I mean, it, it was quite visible, especially in school. I remember my elbows and my knees had it because we were wearing shorts that time. And 
soon later on i realized you know what my f- entire focus was i quantified god to say god only if you can heal that will you really be god you know that kind of but then that kind of broke later it said you know what it came to a place like you know it seems like a weakness for me but can i still move on and do what god's calling me to do can i still move on and get up and dust that off and you know say god this is something that i have to bear with i will still bear it and i'll still do what you've called me to do or you know do what is required often times we get so bogged down by that sickness that is on us and even as i read from second corinthians 12 paul goes on to say that you know that it looks like he has some kind of an ailment that he's suffering from he's probably asked god so much to god can you relieve me of this pain remember this guy is a person who actually goes and there's healing happening physically to other people around and yet sometimes he doesn't experience the healing himself but are you willing to have the courage and the strength which paul has here to say god even in my weakness i'll still take that put that first step forward are you willing to rise up and treat the weakness might look different for each and every one of us some of us would have grown up with an ailment which is defining us some of us might have an ailment which we are so embarrassed to tell about tell to someone outside someone sometimes we might even harbor so much within our spirit because you've grown up with you know probably someone just using abusive words over you or probably someone who's put you in a circumstance where you just didn't want to be there god is willing to restore you and even as we've come to december the last month of this year would you allow god to restore you would you allow god it says here beautifully that it is a portal my weakness is a portal for god's strength so if you can look to god and say jesus i want that restoration to happen that restoration to happen because god wants to use each and every one of us he wants to restore us and let me tell you one thing we can never be used until we are restored in our spirit and in our soul because we can't do what he's calling us to do if our spirit is not in right with him if we are not in alignment with him if our spirit man and if our soul is not in alignment with him everything that we do under the name of him or if he say you know what even if he say things like i'll pray for you it won't be in alignment and so today before we can go about doing so many things for others let's just pull back and say god restore me first you need to open your mouth and say god in my weakness in my weakness can i find your strength you know this word portal uh, became so popular now ever since marvel came out with this whole cinematic universe movies days you know they enter the portal and they are able to go into another realm you know that's what it's 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 fabricated but uh, to realize that the only way to find god's strength is when we really acknowledge the fact that lord we are weak and we restoration happens only with that before when we had cable on our tv i used to frequently watch in tlc this restoration um tv series where they restore old antique things and you know when they restore something they don't just break a part uh, of that old item and they restore no they strip open everything everything even to the smallest screw possible and they restore everything and so this jesus who wants to restore wants to do that with us he'll restore us but are we willing and allowing him to restore us that fully and tell and and in that restoration process 
it god will start revealing his dreams god will start revealing his plans and his purpose and i love how mark beautifully ends their entire book with that command which says to go and preach the gospel and that probably is the call for each and every one of us before that i would love to read a verse from second peter chapter 3 verse 9 which goes on to say this means that contrary to man's perspective the lord is not late with his promise to return as some of us measure lateness but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish but all to come to repentance so probably you're like god i've been asking for this but it doesn't happen keep asking but keep doing what he wants you what is required of you to do don't hold back don't say because he's not done this i'm not going to do it no it doesn't work that way irrespective of whether god comes through or not will i still push through and move forward because we need his help every step of the way mark concludes in mark chapter 16 i'm reading verse 15 to 18 goes on to say like this and he said to them as you go into all the world preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe they will drive out demons in the power of my name they will speak in tongues they will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous and they will lay hands on the sick and heal them and i strongly believe we are in a day when this is happening lot of um, uh, scholars believe that they will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous It refers to the words that will be spoken over you how many of us want that protection to be protected from those words that can be spoken over us words of death that can be spoken over us words that can pull us down words that can derail us from our pursuit of god but it happens only when you rest are restored completely he'll be able to supernaturally protect you i love how it also goes on to say that there'll be signs to accompany those who believe they will drive out demons in the power of my name they will speak out in tongues how many of us have demons that have plagued our spirit demons of depression demons of loneliness demons of self pity demons of worthlessness there's so many demons that have plagued us and oftentimes we just push it away and we say you know what oh we saw that thing we saw that pinterest post and it you know it spoke to us it doesn't work that way are you willing to deal with that demon and ask him to lead you so that you can be restored fully to who god's called you to be and so today church i would challenge you we, when when i read this you know i i was reminded at that you know god wants us to be restored restored as like what like uh he wants us uh he wants us to be cherished when we are loved when we know that there's a father who loves us before we can tell him that you know we are doing this and this and this to tell him all our accomplishments no he just loves us for who we are and what we are and he wants to restore us just imagine a father who operates out of a place of being cherished and being restored a mother who operates out of a place of being cherished and restored a husband who operates from that place a wife who operates from that place parents who operate from that place bosses who operate from that place workers who operate from that place things will be different and today church let's not hold back let's let's step into this place i strongly feel to pray over each and every one of us right now because there is 
a part that needs restoration in each and every one of our lives. And my prayer is that even as I pray, that we'll be able to commit it to God and ask God to restore that. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.